0: Amen. Once again, we are in our study. We're religions, cults, and the occult. Debbie, you're the birthday lady, so it's all on you once again. Number 14 is what? Witchcraft and the rise. Right of Wicca. Yeah, give it for Debbie. I didn't even have to coach it. I didn't even do the fake voice. Can you believe that? That's amazing. It must be your birthday or something. That's right. Hey, we've already done by, uh, in our study a recap with the definition of witchcraft, i.e. Wicca. Okay, and again, Wicca means witchcraft hello it's just a repackaged thing we'll see it again tonight we took a look at the types of witchcraft the location hello all of the world the protection what's it uh, what's that Jesus, always a safe answer. That's how you get protected, uh, from that. And then also the history, We've been dealing a lot on their history. First of all, we finally made the journey around the planet world history. And then we began to take a look at the Wicca history as well around the world. Just like the Bible said, Wicca is nothing new under the sun. It's been going on ever since the tower of Babel. And then from Babel, it went to Egypt then Greece then the Roman society, Asia, India, the Island countries, Africa, Latin America, and Europe. And then last time we saw, okay, uh, in our witchcraft study that, uh, it was, uh, basically, this is where we get modern witchcraft today. It's been repackaged. It's been relabeled, but it's still old fashioned witchcraft, but a lot of it, not all of it, but a majority of it has come from the European branch of Wicca uh, from, uh, witchcraft in Europe. And so give me, okay, so who started this, who started this repackaging of just flat out witchcraft? Uh, so that people would just get s- seduced into it just because it's been, the name's been changed. Well, that's what we've been taking a look with. And last week, we saw that started with this lady, Margaret Murray. She was con- considered what? Murray was the grandmother, okay, of modern-day Wicca, okay? And basically, what she, we saw was she was an Egyptologist, and what she did, and what was Egypt involved in? heavy-duty witchcraft, and then she brought that into Europe, and she wrote this book, The Witch Cult, okay, and that really began to make witchcraft popular over there in the U.K. once again, okay, and eventually it led to the ban on witchcraft uh, being lifted, and we'll get to that a little bit tonight. Then she wasn't just writing a book that made witchcraft popular that started it. She also was popular with the British people. Right, and people love to interview her, unfortunately, and that helped to begin to spread as well. Well from her, it spread to this gentleman, Gerald Gardner. Now if she was the grandmother, what was he? He was the grandfather of modern Wicca or witchcraft. It's the same thing, okay? Now, he was influenced, of course, by Murray. He got in contact with her, so he started doing it. And uh, But he was also influenced by another gentleman, Alistair Crowley. Remember that? We're going to see that even again tonight. Once again, Crowley, who the secularists, the secularists call the most evilest man that ever lived, okay, is involved in Wicca and its uh, beliefs and underpinnings, okay? But this Gerald Gardner was not only in contact with Murray and Crowley, okay, he wrote the witch's workbook called the Book of Shadows, which is still major, mega popular uh, and considered a, a great resource uh, for amongst witches. Obviously, it's a horrible resource, but amongst witches called the Book of Shadows, okay? And then, of course, his last name is Gardner. So guess what? He developed Gardnerian Wicca, okay? And again, what we're going to see is we continue to progress as these guys continue to branch out, including in America. OK, they're going to basically it's Wicca, but Wicca is going to spread out in different fingers. There's going to be different branches. Right. There's Gardnerian. There's Alexandrian. Right. It's all Wicca, but they each get to put their spin on it. OK. And that's why I think a lot of it will get to eventually their practices and their beliefs, Lord willing. But that's why I think a lot of people get seduced into it, because it puts you in the driver's seat. Right. So here's the big pot called Wicca, but you get to take out of it what you want. Do you want uh, like the, the version that Gardner came up with or Alexander came up with or this person came up with? You get to pick and choose. Now, what does that sound like? New age. Right. It's the same thing. Right, New age, you get to pick. I'll take a little bit of Hinduism, a little bit of Buddhism. And why does it feel so good to the flesh? Because you're God. You get to de- the live Genesis 3. You get to decide between what's right and wrong. That's the same thing that's going on with Wicca, i.e. witchcraft. Okay, They split off, and then people just pick and choose what they want. And it continues to split today. Okay, Some meet individuals. Some meet together in covens. But that's kind of what's going on. So he started gardening <clears throat> witchcraft. And then the next one in line led to this lady. This is Doreen Valiente. And she's got the garb, the broom, she's got the whole nine yards, okay? But this lady really began to make witchcraft sound witchy, very poetic-y, even if you will, a little Shakespearean feel to it, to make it more palatable for people. And they're even saying that if it weren't for her work, okay, uh, Wicca may never have gotten off the ground. Okay, so we're going to take a look at that tonight. But before we do that, once again, let's take a look at yet another passage in the Bible saying don't get involved in witchcraft. Shocker. Isaiah 47 is our opening text. Isaiah 47 is our opening text. We're going to read verses 8 through 14. And, of course, this is God's judgment on Babylon. Babylon. Okay, and we're going to see why God has such strong, harsh words for Babylon and why he did judge Babylon. Okay, we already know in our world history uh, section here, uh, Babylon was steeped in what? Witchcraft, and that's where it all started eventually and then spread across the planet. Okay, agreeing, again, with the biblical account. But let's take a look at what they were involved in. And, man, it's all over the place. You, you, you don't have to read this and find out some secret southern hidden Hebrew. Uh, why, why was God judging this nation? No, <laughs> it's, it's very plain. Okay, and let's take a look. 47, Isaiah 47, verse 8. Now, then, listen, you wanton creature. Now, if God came up to you and called you a wanting creature, how many guys would say, right out of the gate, you're in trouble? Okay, that's a pretty obvious sign there. You wanting creature, lounging in your security, and listen to what? And saying to yourself, listen, I am, and there is none besides me. So what were these people involved in the occult witchcraft saying? That they're gods, right? Excuse me, there's only one god. Right? Also, if you read Isaiah, how many, it's a phrase he uses all uh, God says to himself. I am God. Besides me, there is no other, repeatedly. so But that's what the audacity these people had that they were saying. And, and that they're also saying, I will never be a widow or suffer loss of children. Both of these, God says, will overtake you in a moment in a single day. Loss of children and widowhood. They will come to you in full measure in spite of your many what? Sorceries and all your what? Potent spells. So what are they involved in? witchcraft, the occult, right? You have trusted in your wickedness and have said, no one sees me as if God's blind. Your wisdom and knowledge, i.e. in the witchcraft and the occult, misled you when you say to yourself again, I am and there is none besides me. Disaster will come upon you and you will not know how to, what's he say? Conjure it away, right? You can't just make it go away by your witchcraft and sorcery, right? And then he goes on and says, a calamity will fall upon you that you cannot what? Ward off with a ransom, right? You know, you, there's no amulet that you could. You, do you see what God's doing? He's playing on their own words. None of your witchcraft, none of your sorcery, none of your cold stuffs going to stop my judgment from coming. You ain't going to ward this baby off with a ransom. A catastrophe that you what? Cannot foresee. Again, that's what they also do. Divination, that they know the future. Come to us. and God's just, You ain't going to see this one coming, right? And it will suddenly come upon you. Keep on them with your magic spells, with your many sorceries, which you've labored since childhood. Perhaps you will succeed. Perhaps you will cause terror. Ooh-hoo. All the counsel that you've received has only worn you out. Let your what? Astrologers. How many? I can't believe this. Even on social media, it's like, are you crazy even so-called christians hey what's your horoscope my horoscope said this today and they're quoting horoscope the christians supposed to be christians what astrology we saw again in our new age study folks that's nothing you want to mess with okay it's part of the occult Uh, let your astrologers come forward the stargazers who make predictions month by month you know the occult they go by their calendar we'll get to that eventually let them save you from what is coming upon you surely they are like stubble the fire will burn them up they cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame here are no coals to warn anyone here is no fire to sit by can i translate that for you you're in a big trouble with god because you got involved with witchcraft, even to the point where you thought it was going to give you security. It gave you so-called godlike powers. Even you had the audacity to say that you are God. And God says, boy, I tell you what, you guys are in trouble now. Because God alone is God. He alone is all-powerful. Only he could provide true safety and security. And he warned about it long ago, but they still went ahead and persist. So guess what? God's patient, but he's praising up to a point. And so what happened? Bang, hammer came down. And he took Babylon out. Now, here's my point. Do you think Old Testament, New Testament, God changes his mind on the occult and witchcraft and how he feels about it? Absolutely not. So if God's got strong words for Babylon back then, what do you think he's got for people who get involved into it today? Same thing, including even on a nationwide level. If your nation goes down this route and you keep it up, what's gonna happen? God's gonna take you out, right? And that's a, that's a clearing warning call, folks. We need to be prepared for it, right? So let's get back to see why is even our nation getting so infiltrated with the occult, specifically with witchcraft. Well, believe it or not, again, it, it was this lady. Now, this is Doreen, okay, Valiente, as you can see there. Okay, so we had the grandmother of Wicca, the grandfather of Wicca. What do you think this one is? She's the mother, okay, of Wicca, is what she's considered. And this is from their own camp okay the mother Wicca she met Gardner in 1952 this lady here uh, Doreen uh, Gardner 1952 and under her direction she revised his book of shadows remember the book of shadows what that was that was all the spells and things and all the rituals and calendars so she revised it to make it more quote for popular consumption right you know us guys maybe not the most artistic uh, even myself uh, there's many many people who clean up what I write and those of you who are involved in that process just laughed. Okay, heartily. so. But that's okay. I swallowed my pride a long time ago, right? But, you know, guys, and so same thing. So he, he whoops out this book of shadows, but it's kind of, uh, and so she basically cleans it up and makes it very poeticy. dare I say, this is their words, very witchy, witchy-soundy. And so what it did is it started to make it more palatable. It's like, oh, oh. And, and, and I'm telling you, it was a huge influence, okay? Now, her so-called experience in the cult began when she was nine years old in what she called a, quote, indescribable mystical experience. Well, if it's a mystical experience and you had goosebumps, it had to be from God. No, that's what you hear from the charismatic community all the time. It doesn't mean it's from God, and hers certainly was not from God. Uh, on a, a summer evening in nineteen in the 20s, <clears throat> she crept into her South London garden at twilight and, quote, was consumed by the feeling that her surroundings were, quote, very potent. And then, quote, and this is a secular article, says that uh, her parents were right to wonder whether she was interested in the occult when all of a sudden she begins going around the neighborhood and the household on a broomstick. So guess what they do? They're trying to fix her, right? They send her off, quote, to a convent. Oh, Yeah. That's like, that's going one fire to the next thing. Uh, Roman Catholicism is not going to fix you. I mean, as I was going through this, I was going, wow, that's so sad, right? Because we dealt with for 12 weeks our Roman Catholicism. It's a works-based false gospel. It's pseudo-Christianity, fake Christianity. She ain't going to be helped by th- going into a convent. Probably going to make things worse. And apparently it did. She ran away. And I would too, frankly, be honest with you. Okay. But what's sad? I thought, well, man, what, what would happen if they got her plugged into a good evangelical church that preached the Bible? Maybe her life would have been different. Unfortunately, it wasn't. It wasn't. So they chucked her off to Catholicism. didn't work. She left school, refused to go back, and then she began to be inspired by the books. Guess where she found these books? Even back then? In the library. Good thing we don't deal with that today. Yeah, you're taking out good Christian classics and banning them, but man, you're allowing the occult to infiltrate on a massive scale. And don't think that that doesn't have an effect on kids, right? Okay, and that's just the library. Who uses the library anymore? The library now is the internet. And is it everywhere? Yeah, you have conservative Christian biblical ideas that are being blocked as we saw on Sunday called hate speech. But boy, you say anything you want about witchcraft and the occult's going nuts. So the new worldwide library is promoting it on a massive scale even more than her. But the old low-tech method library, okay, uh, had a major influence on her. She became fascinated with witchcraft. Decades later, she became, quote, one of the most important prominent figures in Wicca. Uh, Wicca at that point began to become, listen, the first fully formed new religion to appear in England and spread across the world. And what it did was two things happened. She did the cleanup basically on Gardner's stuff. Okay. She began to clean it up and make it more palatable. At the same time, I think it was 1951, that the lift, there was a lift on the ban on witchcraft. Okay. In England. So right when the band gets lifted, she makes it more palatable, and then it begins to go out there on a massive scale, okay? Uh, And that band had been in place for over 200 years. Big mistake. Big mistake, okay? Now, today, uh, there's an expedition in her hometown in Brighton. Uh, It shows some of her collection. You can see some of that stuff here. Here she is uh, with a ceremonial knife called a thamy, or however you pronounce it. Uh, with that, uh, but there's all kinds of things that they house there. And it's, like, it's a tribute. Like, it's a wonderful thing she did for, for the UK. Excuse me. Tarot cards, uh, two glass curse bottles, and things of that nature. Uh, she's also got some items from Gerald Gardner, uh, as you can see here, ivory wand, and some things of that nature. And it's crazy. Who would have thought that people would say, "Hey, let's celebrate witchcraft. Let's build a museum." Well, it ain't just there, folks. It's even here in the United States. Okay, we'll get to that uh, in just a little bit. Okay, but again, Valley, Valiente, she first became aware of Gardner. So she goes to the library, right? And she gets influenced with witchcraft after having that experience that was not from God, okay? But she does eventually, again, get connected with Gardner. There's your tie, okay? But how? She read a magazine. Man, so what, what is, was an earlier promoter of witchcraft and help it to spread? Media. Once again, Media. And uh, so she read a magazine about him. So she contacts him, and so next thing you know, she gets in contact with him. This is in the fifties, okay. After the ban, nineteen fifty-one, the ban was lifted, and then things go well. Uh, if you wanted to apparently be a witch, unfortunately, and he made her his high priestess of the coven, okay. And then eventually she begins to break off, but he encouraged her uh, to help with the rituals and the ceremony. She does the cleanup thing, and she basically he promotes her as the face as the face of wicca okay i don't know if he was concerned about his large beard and pointy hair as we saw last time if you recall that picture maybe that would deter people but she looked more like a a witch you know kind of like the movie or the the old uh, sitcom bewitched right they didn't pick some old (laughs) looking lady right with all due respect ladies they picked somebody that was very attractive and things of that nature just again to popularize it even in America. So she, she becomes the face, okay? But uh, listen to what they says. She gave the modern craft religious litany and a logical framework, and this allowed it to be more easily passed on, and, quote, is probably the reason it spread so rapidly and continues to spread across the world today, all from her. So that's how influenced it was. Okay. In fact, they said this, had she not done that, had she not cleaned up Gardner's work, made it more witchy, poetic-y, palatable for people to get sucked into it, right? Okay. Um, Then, quote, Wicca would almost certainly be very different and may not have survived in today's world. So... She played a huge role in it, unfortunately, okay, and became a pivotal figure. Now, she wrote a bunch of books herself eventually, as you can see here, the ABC of Witchcraft, the Rebirth of Witchcraft, Witchcraft of Tomorrow. Uh, They say that um, uh, this one, though, the charge of the goddess was one of her most important one. Uh, The key word there is goddess, and what she focused on and encouraged was the worship of the female goddess or female deity, uh, which almost all Wiccans still to this day We'll get into the, the female goddess and the male god, the horn god, uh, eventually. But uh, the female begin to usurp the male as far as the prominent, quote, deity, right? And then, uh, because they believe that the goddess is the womb from whom all things came, right? And then at the, about the same time that starts getting launched out, uh, guess who starts pulling into this and promoting it as well? Feminism probably in a couple of weeks, Lord willing, if we're still alive and still here, we're going to have a whole study demonstrating how feminism is all about promoting witchcraft and comes from witchcraft, okay? Ladies are being sucked into women's rights and women's power. Show them what you can do over a man. That's witchcraft. That's the female goddess worship mentality that's involved and embedded in Wicca, okay? Uh, but this was uh, going on, and she was a, it just so happens, also Doreen, Okay, was a strong supporter of women's rights, wrote about feminism in her books, the witchcraft books, as well as speaking up for feminist issues throughout her life. And, quote, such attitudes therefore attracted, guess what, young women into the particular religion. Religion of what? Wicca, okay? And and why? Because, quote, a witch, in Wicca, a witch is the image, the ultimate image of independent female power right don't let a man tell you what to do and that's the same message that feminism is running on and it's not by chance because that's step one to get you seduced to come their way they're going to indoctrinate you into witchcraft and the female goddess worship we'll get into that later her final speech uh, was made in 1997 and uh, it was there that she urged the wiccan community to accept homosexuals okay because it's basically come one come all whatever you want Uh, And uh, then her health began to deteriorate. First, she was diagnosed with diabetes. Then she got terminal pancreatic cancer, and she died in 1991. Well, that is what really helped Wicca to begin to spread, period, that revamping. Okay? Now, let's see how specifically, okay, it comes to America. Because, you know, by and large, we're still over in the U.K., right? Okay? is where it spread. Now we're going to get to this guy. Okay, as you can see here, this is Raymond Buckland, okay, as you can see there. And uh, he was uh, basically also contacted, guess who? Gardner, okay. He was also influenced by Murray. So again, you got direct ties of what's going on here. But he was founded, uh, what was considered the first Wiccan coven in the United States. Okay, so he brought it over to the U.S. Okay, in fact, uh, we got the grandmother, grandfather, mother, guess what Buckland was? And this is their own terms, not mine. He's the father of modern American Wicca or witchcraft. Okay, it came from this guy. He was a prolific author uh, bringing witchcraft to the United States. Uh, He was a leading spokesman for Wicca in the United States for more than 50 years. Uh, He promoted this stuff. Uh, He was born in London in 1934. He was the youngest of two sons. His father was of Romanian gypsy heritage, is probably where he got some of his stuff. But it was in London that he met his wife, Rosemary, and, quote, magical working partner. Here they are in their occult practices. Uh, going down deep, folks, this is what really goes on, and that's a very tame picture, believe you me, unfortunately. But by this point, Ray had more than a passing interest in the occult. He began to read a great many of books, uh, and guess what books he read that really influenced him? other than being raised in the Romanian gypsy background stuff. Margaret Murray's the witch cult in Western Europe and Jared Gardner's uh, witchcraft today. So again, these two influenced him as well. In fact, so much so uh, did he get influenced by Gardner that Gardner and him began to communicate. He communicates with him even after he goes from the UK to the US. He ends up in New York. He moves to Long Island. So he's on the East Coast, okay? And he still communicates with Gardner. Okay. And basically Gardner uh, uh, basically sets him up to basically be uh, the branch of Wicca in the U.S., So, is what's going on there. So, now they're kind of branching out almost like a franchise, if you will. Okay. So, he's going down on on that route on on a massive scale. And, uh, again, they began, him and his wife, to spread. And their their coven, Wiccan coven there in Long Island, um, began to grow uh, at a steady pace. And then he began to develop, if you will, an Americanized form of Wicca. Now, remember Valiente, Doreen Valiente, she what? She made it more palatable, more witchy-sounding, more poetic-sounding for people to get involved in, period, right? Well, that's the U.K. Americans, we're a little bit more independent. Don't tell me what to do, right? I'll do it my way, a democratic approach, you know, some things of that nature. So he came up with what's called, uh, I believe it's pronounced SACs, even though it's like CX, uh, CX Wicca. And basically, he took Wicca, kind of like what Doreen did. He took Wicca and Americanized it for an American mindset. Okay, let's take a look at that.
1: At first glance, it may seem that a witch is a witch. But the further you go into learning about the craft, the more you realize there are lots of different types of witches. And since Wicca is an ever-changing religion, that adapts to the practitioner. It is ever-evolving to meld with the needs of its adherents. With so many possibilities, how do you know which type of practice is best for you? Even if you have already chosen your path, it's always a good idea to learn about other possibilities. And if you haven't chosen a type of practice, here is a great list of possibilities to begin thinking about which one is right for you. Saxe Wicker witch Raymond Buckland moved to New York from Britain and brought with him a version of Gardnerian witchcraft. His practice adapts Gardnerian practice for an American culture. Within the practice of Sax there is an emphasis on herbs and divination. This tradition does not include oaths of secrecy, rigid hierarchical structures, or a book of shadows. There are no degrees, so a democratic approach to coven leadership is established. Self-dedication and open-mindedness abound within this practice.
0: So again, he Americanized, you know, no oath, no secrecy, no higher, I'll just do it my way. So basically, that's what he came up with. It's called the Sax Wicca, but it's really the Americanized version of Wicca. uh, So that His book, uh, he wrote a book called The Tree. It became the, quote, guide to Sax Wicca. This was originally published in in 74. It was republished in 2005 under that title there, Buckland's Book of Saxon Witchcraft. So basically, if you want to do a Crone translation, uh, Buckland's Book of American Witchcraft. He, he basically Americanized it. He also wrote, now one of the things he got, you don't need to follow the book of shadows, right? That wasn't part of that. You know, you don't need all that rigid dogma, blah, blah, blah. Well, he basically wrote his own, <laughs> right? Uh, this is called the complete book of witchcraft that he wrote. They also, in the witch community, called this the big blue book. And again, this is looked upon as, in their world, Essential. You know, you might want to, again, you get to pick and choose whatever you want. That's what sucks people in. It's relativistic, new aging mindset. You get to be God. You'll decide what's true or true or not true, even in witchcraft, right? And uh, you want to use the book Shadows? Great. But if not, hey, get the big blue book, you know, right? Or maybe use both or pick and choose from both, right? But this book, okay, uh, has, quote, influenced and guided countless students, covenant initiates, and solitaries around the world. It is one of modern Wicca's most recommended books. It contains step-by-step courses in witchcraft, photographs, illustrations, rituals, beliefs, history, lore, instruction, and in spell work, divination, herbalism, healing, channeling. What's channeling? You're actually communicating with demons. Hello. Dream work, sabbats, esbats, covens, and solitary practice. So again, he basically, oh, you don't have to follow the Book of Shadows. It's America. Do what you want. But hey, I'll write, I write I a book for you. How to do it. So that's what was going on. Uh, And again, it even has a format that you got questions at the end of each lesson. So you can record your spiritual magical training, blah, blah, blah. And they, again, consider this a resource you got to have in your witch library. Now listen to this. Quote, never in the history of the craft has a single book educated so much people. So this was a, a, a landmark work, unfortunately, for witchcraft. Now, again, he then uh, uh, sets up a uh, museum called, the, in 1968, the first museum of witchcraft and magic in the United States. He's saying, that's crazy. Well, nothing new under the sun. Gardner had already started doing that in the UK. So again, they're in communication. So guess what he sets up? He sets up. Now, originally, believe it or not, it started in his basement. It was only a private showing. Then it began to grow, and then it began to grow, right? Uh, And now it's a a museum that not only gets media attention, but they even did a documentary about it. And so guess what do you think that does? Makes it popular. And people go and see this place. And it's just crazy. It's all dark, evil, occult practices, including the ritual knives, as if that's something cool. That's gross, Folks, we're going to see, and as we've already seen in the history of witchcraft, sometimes those knives are used to what? Kill not just animals, but people. This is sick. But here's a guy visiting uh, Buckland's Museum. I'll just give you a little piece of it. Well, my friends, welcome to
2: the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic.
0: Well, this is pretty cool.
2: Basically, the basis of this museum was that uh, there was a man named uh, Raymond Buckland, who was kind of looking for some sort of spirituality. He found out about uh, witchcraft, the Wiccan, and uh, got the man who named Wiccan. That's actually Raymond right there, Raymond and his wife. And then this is Raymond Buckland's ceremonial robe. Now in this case, you can see um, that is a wine jug that they used for ceremonies.
0: And then here
2: is a silver cuff bracelet. His wand, Buckland's ritual wand used in the Long Island coven in the 19th century. He made that ceremonial helmet, that high priest ceremonial horned helmet, made in 1970s. And then here's uh, some more of the
3: uh,
2: US initiated or initiation knives over here. Now in this case it says in the 1970s, a uh, ceremonial magician friend of Buckland's um, said that he was having his life ruined by a demon in his apartment in uh, Manhattan, and so he said somehow this demon was released, you can see there's a box in there. And it says, uh, so he asked for Raymond Buckland's help to capture this. And it says it took him three days to trap the demon in the box through incantations. He, they said he found a grimoire um, that helped them trap him. And it says it's not been opened since. There you can see a Ouija board. And then in this case, they have. Uh, All kinds of tarot cards and zodiac things. Says I Ching coins that belong to Aleister Crowley. Wow, that's what those coins are right there. Huh.
0: Huh. Once again, who comes into play? Even in the American witchcraft? Crowley. Once again, a common thread. You're also going to see Lord willing. Uh, in Satanism as well, but he published his other books. I just give a little. To you. It went on and on, but that you get the idea. It's it's gross. You and I would go celebrate the uh, the history of the Atomic Museum here in Vegas, or go go to the, the Capitol and let's go let's, the history of Abraham Lincoln. You know, we were there in filming, Reed and I. But the people are going to the history of witchcraft, like it's something cool, even in America, and that ain't the only one, folks. That tells you something's turning. The tide's turning in a negative way. He published some, uh, many other books as well. The Pocket Guide to the Supernatural Witchcraft, Ancient and Modern Practical Candle Burning Rituals. In fact, by 1973, listen, he was. Ear- it's one thing. oh, he just got a bunch of books. I think people were buying them big time. He was earning by 1973 enough money with his books that he could take over running the museum full time. Making a full time living just writing books right Uh, and until 2010 he published a book almost every year since his uh, health started to fail in 2015 first with pneumonia then a heart attack he recovered from that but then he began to experience more heart and lung problems and then he finally died in September 2017 now he was the male guy who popularized Wicca in the United States this lady here is the female lady okay this is Sybil Leek okay Sybil Leek, okay, and uh, she wrote a, 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 a book that really catapulted her into, and I'll use this word, she was basically a celebrity witch. Now, I mean that in a two-fold sense, as we're going to see very shortly. She was considered a celebrity, and she shared her craft with celebrities, okay? In fact, her family did even before her over in England. We'll get to that in a second okay so she really begins to spread right so basically again uh, she started out uh, 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 in the UK she eventually comes to the United States to LA so he's in Long Island she's in LA so now you're dealing with coast-to-coast influences male and female and starts to spread on a massive scale now part of that was because again she starts writing books right and left on astrology all kinds of other things including she had a regular column watch this in the ladies' home journal. How many ladies in these women's magazines got indoctrinated in witchcraft because she had a regular column there promoting this stuff? I'm sure that doesn't go on today, including feminism and other things that will draw you away from Christianity. So watch out for those ladies' magazines. I'm sure guys' magazines could do it too. Okay, but by 1969, Sybil Leek was called, quote, the world's most famous witch. And part of it was the book I showed you right there, The Diary of a Witch. Okay, really catapulter her in that. Again, she was born in 1923 back in the UK. In the late, uh, in the 50s, when the witch band got lifted, guess what? She comes out and says, I'm a witch, but not just a witch because that might still freak people out. The band just got lifted, so what do you say? I'm a white witch or a good witch, you know, that, that little coloring factor, right? And so all of a sudden, people are kind of intrigued. What? Huh? Somebody's actually going to admit it right off the bat? We just lifted the ban, and and she's not a bad witch. I mean, didn't you watch The Wizard of Oz? She's one of the good witches out there. So they wanted to see her, and they literally began to flock her. The village she was in there in the U.K., massive amount of tourists. Her landlord refused to renew her lease. Okay, so she decided to pack up bags and shows she goes to America to promote her books, and that's basically why she ends up in L.A. Now, in L.A., it's all about Hollywood, the media, and boy, they pick up on her and promote her. Again, media helped to influence that. It still does it today. Nothing new under the sun. This is a radio uh, presenter at the time, Annie England. This was 1964. She was one of the first ones to interview her. And again, she's given, like, celebrity status. She's made famous. A witch. Right and uh, and listen to this quote. Everyone wanted her on their show, and she rubbed with celebrities, including people like Gypsy Rose Lee, which uh, that sounded familiar. I it was uh, some burlesque dancer, I guess, it was famous back then. But also, quote Neil Diamond. So again, the music minu- in- industry is involved, and yeah, and so is Hollywood, and. And we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but her legacy, quote, this is a secular uh, article, her legacy is best explained by saying that she helped to cause witchcraft to thrive in America and the UK. And she's considered a pioneer of her time and an inspiration to, quote, modern witches. Now, she had, uh, you know, some flair to her, as you can see there. Uh, she kind of did it up. And if you know something on top of her head, that was a crow. She, tra- she had that crow. I, I, for me, I'm going like, what are you, were you a pirate version of the witch- witches? You know, they got a parrot, you got a crow. But she literally walked around with that crow with her all the time. She named him Mr. Hotfoot Jackson, right? In fact, here she is in an interview with Hotfoot Jackson, just on her shoulder there, and explaining why Halloween is so good for witches. Another reason why we shouldn't be messing with that stuff. So let's take a look at that.
3: Halloween. Well, for most of us, that's an excuse for a party, an excuse to get dressed up and have a good time, the traditional time when spirits walk. But if you believe in witchcraft, then Halloween is one of the most important times of the year. Now, I'm in the heart of the New Forest, a forest that is absolutely steeped in witchcraft. In the forest, there are four covens of witches in the forest, each of them with 13 witches, and they all take Halloween very seriously indeed. This is the room of one of them, Mrs. Sybil Leek. She's a housewife and mother. She's 41. She's an antique dealer and a self-confessed white witch. She says that she could do all the frightening things like sticking pins in effigies and bringing curses down on people's heads. But tonight, the witches and the warlocks will be meeting at such a sabbat. What will they be doing and why?
4: Taking part in it just one of the four great sabbaths uh, which witches have always done for thousands of years we shall be doing it because Halloween is quite important to us as a religious ceremony it's the time of the year when the fire of the sun is dwindling, and of course it, uh, we don't want to, this to happen and it is also the time when we ourselves will be feeling a great need to renew the energy of our occult powers within ourself to carry us through for the rest of the year.
3: Are there very many witches about?
4: Well, I think you would be very, very surprised if you knew how many initiated witches there are in the whole world. And not only that, there's a very great following in witchcraft.
0: Including, as we'll see in a second, because of her and her family and other witches in the world of celebrities and political people and things of that nature. Uh, but uh, anyway, you this just kind of, the I don't know if it's a gimmick or whatever. Uh, I would assume that her dry cleaner was not very pleased uh, having to. But anyway, we'll move on. But anyway, Sybil leaks her book. Uh, basically, quote, open the occult to the general public. Where are we talking about? United States of America. So you got the Buckland, the male version on the East Coast, and you got the female version leak on the West Coast, just really, and then getting all kinds of media going at it and encouraging it from both ends uh, she left many articles magazine columns at least 60 books on astrology numerology crystals mediumship Herbalism, tarot, gypsies, prediction, dreams, ghost tracking. Isn't that a big thing on the media today? Ghost shows, ghost this, whatever. Okay. She traveled the world and, quote, hobnobbed with, quote, many celebrities. Okay. Uh, Towards the end of her life, uh, she was bedridden. At the time of her passing, at 65, she died of cancer in 1982. But let's get back real quick on that celebrity issue, right? Not only did she hobnob, as I mentioned, one, uh, Neil Diamond, that we're probably familiar with, and the other Gypsy Rose Lee, Uh, But that's the tip of the iceberg but she even admits in another interview that this was nothing new under the sun her mom who was also a witch her whole family basically they hobnob with all kinds of famous people over in the UK so apparently it's nothing new under the sun that you get sought out when you get involved in the occult that the celebrities and those in power come and seek you out but listen to her admit that family practice of influencing celebrities and important people and figures around the world watch this
5: When we come back, uh, I'd like Sybil to really tell us she's a legend in her own life, and she has met legendary figures. She's written a book called My Life in Astrology. We'll be back in just a few seconds. (laughs) Sybil, I found your book, and I've read uh, three of how many books you've written?
4: Um, 39 I've had published. I've written more, but 39 have made 39
5: books. It's an interesting uh, uh, title, My Life in Astrology.
4: I'm purely dedicated to research in astrology.
5: Well, you're I su- love it. You're a prolific writer. Now, you are also a medium.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And I, can, I have seen film of Sybil Leek taken into a setting where there were supposedly, or many believed to be, other poltergeists or restless ghosts. How did you start in this? Was this part of your whole... Background? Well,
4: I always accepted that um, reincarnation as a fact.
5: You do believe in that reincarnation. That the spirit
4: is indestructible, and I think to release these troubled spirits is, is is part of my life.
5: Tell me now, your mother was involved in some area of of psychic phenomena. All oh, my she?
4: Family. family. My two sons are far better mediums than I am.
5: Who were some of the people that you saw as a child? in England or at your home that came to see your mother? Oh, we had the
4: most, I had the most fantastic uh, childhood because we, I was born in England but spent a lot of the time in south of France. And my father was a very scholarly gentleman and people like H.G. Wells would visit us. H.G. Wells? Mm-hmm. Mm. And Lawrence of Arabia and the Sitwells. And I really didn't know anyone when I was
0: a child unless they were famous.
5: And it became a natural part of your everyday life. it
4: became a part of my everyday life.
0: So on a regular, constant, apparently nonstop basis, all her growing up, who's coming to the family of witches for who knows what? Celebrities, famous figures, political figures. And, of course, she just continues that on when she comes to what? America. And I'm sure that that's not going on today. I'm sure we don't have celebrities involved in witchcraft. Well, folks, sir, I'm going to give you one. You may not know this. Uh, but people that you wouldn't even think of are involved in witchcraft, but nobody ever makes a big deal about it because it's been so downplayed in our culture in America. Tom Brady, his wife is a witch. And I think, oh, that's crazy, Pastor, but he admitted it. Watch this.
6: You know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years. She's so about the power of intention, you know, and believing things that are really going to happen. And she always makes a little altar for me at the game. Because she, she just wills it so much and uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids and I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones and she has me wear a necklace and <laughs> take these drops she makes I say all these mantras <laughs> and I stopped questioning her a long time ago I did, I just shut up and listened. and at first I was like this is kind of crazy and then about four years ago we were playing the seahawks and she said you better listen to me this is your year but this is all the things you're going to have to do to win and i did all those things and my god you don't work it was pretty good and then in 2015 it was about early january and she said you know how much i love you and i said yeah and she said i just want to let you know this is not going to be your year So I said, what does 16 look like? And she said, 16 is going to be your year. So it was early January this year, and I said, babe, I'm asking, like, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work and you're really going to have to listen to me. So, man, I listened to her. And right after the game, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work, I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch.
0: You're lucky you married a witch. A good witch. Straight out of his mouth. Now, notice how our society doesn't even shrink back from this anymore, and they laughed, thought it was the funniest thing since sliced bread. That's how far it's advanced in our country, that somebody's admitting that their wife is a witch, and he's also involved in those rituals to help him win games and stuff, and everybody just laughs. (coughs) What did God say to Babylon? You think you're so safe and secure? You think you're so cool? Oh, destruction's going to come on you and you won't be able to predict this thing. And you think he's pleased with any of this stuff? It's nuts. And our culture laughs at it like it's funny. Brady said his family uh, has, quote, space for multiple faiths. This is in a New York Times interview in 2015. He said, I think we're into everything. I don't know what I believe. I think there's a belief system. I'm just not sure what it is. Well, apparently it involves witchcraft at least that's what your wife's pushing and you're going along with her now as we close I want to show you just another thing what are we leaving off on we had the last two were the major influencers to get Wicca witchcraft going throughout America male and female and part of the technique was they're hobnob and not just with the media they became popular and through different sources of media okay but they literally hobnob and influence those who have influential power like celebrities and politicians whatever hang with me at the beginning this may sound crazy maybe not but i got a crone theory I want to share with you. I think that we are seeing a major influx of the occult in the Democrat Party. Right? And I want, to, I want to demonstrate that to you tonight as we close. By the way, we might go a little bit over, and we're just going to end in prayer. We'll skip the other things, so don't freak out or whatever. Okay, but I've got to get this in because, again, it's about influencing people in power. Okay, so that they can eventually permeate your country, and I think that's what's happening, right? Uh, and again, I, and the reason why I start off with that is because I've talked to, obviously, and I'm sure you have, many people who are Democrats, and people say, well, "How could you ever vote Democrat anymore?" Look at the Democrat Party. Look at what they stand for. And sometimes they'll justify it by this statement: "Well, I'm just trying to hold on the best I can because I get it. Yeah, they're changing. They've changed a lot, especially recently." And they'll make statements like this. It's it's just it's not like the it's not like it used to be back in my dad's day with the Democrat and the Kennedy, you know, all that stuff. And and, and and so they'll admit that it's radically changed, but they're still trying to hang on to that stuff. So but that my point is even the Democrats admit that their party has what? Changed and changed radically, and dare I say, even recently it's changing even on a whole nother scale. Now why? Well, I think because the Democrat Party is involved in the occult. the occult has infiltrated the party. And I want to demonstrate that to you. This is a secular article. It says this, Marianne Williamson, remember her? One of the ladies that ran the Democrat party for president of the United States, reveals, and this is uh, secular, Marianne Williamson reveals the Democrats are a cult. You say, well, how, how could her running for president realize that the Democrat party has turned into a cult? Well, how did, they pose the question, how did Marianne Williamson end up on the 2020 debate stage? Now, if you know anything about her, she's what? a new ager involved in the occult so it's like how can somebody involved in the occult be running for president of the United States well they say because the answer is obvious she's been with the democrats for a long time who are also involved in the occult now we dealt with some of this back in our new age study right? remember it started with and this is an article starting with Hillary Clinton holding seances in the White House now what party is Hillary Clinton from Democrat Party, okay? And that was overseeing those seances, and this is well-documented. We dealt with this in our New Age study. Seances in the White House with Gene Houston, Okay, And she was there to try to contact, and supposedly contacted, Eleanor Roosevelt, which she didn't, that's a demon, and Gandhi. So this was going on in the White House with Hillary Clinton, Democrat, right? Well, guess who's there with them? Mary Ann Williamson participated with Hillary Clinton's White House seances. So again, that's what they're saying. This is nothing new under the sun. This occult tie in the Democrat Party has been around for a long time. Now it's coming to the surface. And it's gaining momentum, and it's changing the party. When Hillary Clinton wasn't trying to commune with Eleanor or Gandhi, she appeared to also share this obsession, not just with Marianne Williamson, but John Podesta, her campaign chair. Now, we're not even getting into that yet, but there was some weird, wacky stuff going on that began to come out with those WikiLeaks with the spirit cooking and all that. Some seriously, I'll use this word, sick, evil, rotten stuff going on. Okay, but who's, who's, the, who's he a part of? The Democrat Party as well and it's been going on for a long time now not just getting into the party not just influencing the party like a Tom Brady wife scenario but it's beginning to change the belief system the occult is of the Democrat party and this is why i think people are making the statements like what has happened they it's not like my dad's party back in Kennedy days because the occult has taken over now listen to the beliefs currently of the democrat party Do you tell me if they haven't changed and have not are leaning towards the occult democrats are twice as likely as republicans to think that astrology is very scientific uh, liberals or democrats are more likely to believe in astrology period more than conservatives only 48.6% of democrats were able to correctly answer that the earth revolves around the sun that's about half All right. 35% of Democrats believe they experienced the paranormal. 69% of them believe in ghosts. And they say, quote, that's why Marianne Williamson is up there on stage. That's their party now. It isn't just they changed. They changed to align with what? Occult witchcraft beliefs. And that's why you can have somebody involving a cold actually running for the president of the United States under the banner of the Democrat Party. And then they said at the 2020 debates, the Democrats let the leftist flag fly. Why? Cause because they're, quote, coming out of the closet with their new beliefs. And what's their new beliefs? The occult. 70% of Republicans believe in God. Only 45% of Democrats do. of Democrats say religion isn't really important. So what do they believe in? Quote, spirituality, auras, energy forces, karma, battling dark psychic forces, and being attuned to the universe. What's that? That's an occult mindset, right, as well. Then, after Trump's election, tens of thousands of women swarmed the streets wearing pink hats to shriek at the sky and repel so-called dark psychic forces. They believe in everything, ghosts, auras, energy forces, but not God. Now, in fact, that's also, they're not just getting overtaken with occult mindsets and beliefs and people and influences, but this is why their parties become, I'll use this word, godless. And they stand against everything that we believe in as not just conservatives, but Christians, because I think they've been overtaken, okay? Now, remember, this is 2012. I don't know if you guys don't have time to show you the video. And I'm already crunched for time. But remember back in 2012, they had the Democrat uh, National Convention. And uh, they had taken out God from their platform and Jerusalem. Remember that? It's like, why of all things would you go through? Why would you take out God? And then they tried to put it back in. And then there's actual video. You can still watch it on the internet of them trying to put it back in. And people were going nuts. Boo, his ah, they're all mad. At what? putting God and acknowledging Jerusalem and Israel in your platform. Why would you do that? How did you get so godless? In fact, that was back in 2012. It's still going on today, folks. It's turned, not just in cult influences and beliefs, they're getting godless, okay, in the Democrat party. In in fact, recently, you know it's recently because they're wearing the masks. Here's them saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Notice what they conveniently leave out. This one, I'll show you the recording on that.
2: Here's the Democrats leading the Pledge of Allegiance in
5: Congress. The chair will lead the House in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
6: Hmm. Something was missing there. Oh, 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 you removed God. Oh, I,
0: oh. They removed God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Why would you do that? I mean, think about that. It's not even that funny, but why? You have to ask why. Why would a political party specifically be so anti-God? Anything to do with Christianity, the Bible, or because I think they've been infiltrated with the occult mindset, belief system, and frankly, people who are involved in the occult, in that party. I really think that's why. Now, let me give you a couple other examples. We dealt with this in our eight-week study, Abortion, the Mass Murder of Children. Okay, but every one of those people that were running for president, there was like a record number 20 or something, every one of them were not just pro-abortion, but uh, the bulk of them want to murder children even outside the womb if they've been born alive and says, no, we're not even going to give them uh, any help. And that involves Kamala Harris right now running for uh, vice president on the Democrat ticket that's what so, so think wh- how did you become listen we dealt with this in our abortion study how did you become the murder the children party because that's what they become if, if you're going to be a Democrat you're a pro-abortion murdering children how did that happen well I think it's because who you've been hobnobbing with to use Sybil Leek's word Right for a long time now and it's now coming to the surface in fact they're going to the other end of the spectrum we also dealt with this in our abortion study the mass murder of children now they want to murder adults in their socialism universal health care if you cost the system too much money it's your duty to die and if you don't want to die we're going to have death panels and we're going to make you die it says right there that's why I wanted you to see the article democrats have become this is secular right well that's a Christian site life site have become the party of abortion and euthanasia so both ends of the spectrum they want to kill babies and kill adults is it just an ideal I don't want to stretch this too far but what also happens in the occult and witchcraft you want to you end up in your sacrifices you kill what children and adults okay and then of course you look at their agenda basically everything that the party now stands for is completely polar opposite of biblical values and even the constitutional values of our country you got the democrats Joe Biden right now he wants to kill babies Trump is supporting you know, let the babies live. They got defunding police. We want to support the police. They want gun control. We want gun rights. They want riots and violence. We want law and order. They want illegal immigration. We want legal immigration. They want higher taxes. We want tax breaks. We want weak military. We want strong military. They want over regulation. We want small business. They want let anyone vote. We want voter ID. They want welfare state. We want working class. They want poverty. We want prosperity. They want big government. We want small government. They want suppression. We want free speech. They want liberalism. We want conservatism. They want communism. We want the Constitution. They want socialism. We want capitalism. They want defiance. We want patriotism. Every single thing, tit for tat, is exactly polar opposite. Remember back in the day, it used to blend a little? Now, again, I'm not, and I'm not giving the, the Republicans a free pass. I'm not into a party issue. I'm just saying something has radically happened to the Democrat Party. And I think, even going through this research, it's opened my eyes. I think I know why. Because I'm convinced the occult has taken over that party. And I'm going to give you even more proof. Right? Some people are now coming out and saying with this latest presidential election, um, why is it that you only have witches who only pray against and cast curses and hexes? Now, first of all, the thought that witches would be openly out in the United States of America admitting in mass around the United States, we're all gathering together, we're working in our community to not just pray against a president, but a Republican president. Why don't they ever pray against a Democrat person? Right? Think about it. But why is it only the other side? Because I think you're in that Democrat party and you're not going to pray against yourself. Or dare I say, hex yourself. But let's take a look at that. This is still going on. It didn't just happen one time with Trump. They literally meet every month and try to hex and curse him underground. In fact, she admits that it's with their help where all these fake news stories come from. Watch this.
7: Melissa Madera is a self-proclaimed witch, and she's been casting spells for New Yorkers for years. But since the election of President Donald Trump, she says she's been using her magic a little differently. I am very, very pleased with the results we've been getting. She hasn't shared how the witches cast the hex, but she believes the spells are helping to expose injustice in the Trump administration. Every time we've done it, we've seen new information come out about uh, whether he's been engaged in tax fraud or Russian collusion or uh, fraud with the election and stuff like that. Every time we do it, more and more comes to the public eye.
0: So according to the witch, where is some of the impetus coming for all this baloney that just doesn't stop and it gets crazier as it goes? I will say this, I think this also answers for me why not just the last election, But this whole year leading up to this election, it's not just a battle. We use this word, and I think it's right. It's a what? Doesn't it feel like a spiritual battle? This isn't normal politics anymore. Why? Because there's something spiritually going on in this party that I believe has been taken over by the occult. In fact, I think that they're coming out, not going to say, thus saith the Lord. A lot of people, they they would vehemently say, oh, that's just a dink." but a lot of people are starting to wonder with the new logo that's a little weird of all things to choose why are you choosing that logo well you could just make that up I don't know you start to see all their background the behavior who's involved in this stuff their beliefs and are they sending a message to their supporters I don't know but it makes you wonder right I can't necessarily prove it I don't think they'll ever admit it but man it makes you wonder And I don't think it's far out based, okay? In fact, talking about this, watch this. This is another article. We're almost done. If you think that's crazy that they've been taken over by the occult mindset, 98% of Americans who support socialism reject the biblical worldview, which tells you it's a godless agenda, but who is it being promoted by? So again, it's not just you're involved in being influenced in the occult. It's not just you're taking on occult ideals. Okay? It's not just your party is has background in occult and occult practices. You might be even throwing out you're not even working, the witches are working with you and only you. Okay. But the latest agendas that we're dealing with that's being promoted by the Democrat Party is godless as well. right? It goes on to say that again, 98% of Americans who support socialism reject the biblical worldview. And what has the Democrat Party become? The party of socialism. In fact, Biden came out, and it's on tape. He said, if I get elected, I will become the most socialist president in the history of the United States. Right? Okay. Quote, that's why one guy says, the 2020 election is not about personalities, parties, or even politics. It's about an election to determine the dominant view, the worldview of America. And President Trump, Uh, has accused Joe Biden of being a Trojan horse for socialism. But again, the mindset of socialism, where does it come from? That's a mindset of the occult. And then Barna, who did this research, he says, when you look at the Democrats, he says, when you look at the Democrats, they're leading the curve and moving towards the perspective of, quote, life is all about me. Now, you've heard me say this multiple times, and after this witchcraft study, if we're still alive and still here, we're going to get to this in massive detail. But what is the number one law of Satanism? Do what you will shall be the whole of the law. And you know where that comes from? Crowley. And the Democrat Party is moving us towards a perspective, it's all about me. Myself and I, the unholy trinity. Again, that's another occult thing. And Barna warns this, the remnant of those who hold to a biblical worldview are the linchpin to turn the American culture around. In other words, if we don't speak up, if we don't get engaged in our culture, then this is what's coming to our country. It's not just, listen, socialism that's coming to our country that Trump's been warning about. It's an occult mindset. It's a godless mindset to take over our country. That's why it feels like a spiritual battle because it is one. Let me give you one more uh, uh, or two more quick examples. I want to prove the point. Everything that the Democrat Party is now promoting and is coming straight out of witchcraft, right? Watch this one. What's the big issue that's going on right now with the riots? Racism, right? Well, guess what? Guess who's, who's promoting that? Witchcraft. And again, I, I don't want you to think I'm just whipping this out thin air as a convenient theory. This is what secular folks are saying. Fighting racism in academia with witchcraft, self-declared witches are uh, well known for their quote "wokeness," that's another term you hear all the time and their hexing of enemies, including Brett Kavanaugh uh, and the Confederacy, and remember getting all the rid of the stat, you know all the latest stuff that's going on. Witches are the ones that are promoting this via the Democrat Party, because I think this is a direct tie. Now, speaking of statues uh, and tearing down of our statues. Uh, I like this version of if somebody were to uh, try to take down the Statue of Liberty this would be her response I like this one it's pretty cool <laughs> So you can't watch that one time you gotta watch that a second time you take them down you know what I'm saying but yeah you can't put up that baloney okay uh, but again uh, that, that's where they're saying this has come from but listen witchcraft in college is not unknown and quote self-declared witches are invoking Satan and hexing young conservatives again who are they working against and this is a direct quote: Magical thinking is a hallmark of leftist thought. You get it? It's not just the party has gone left. It's not just the parties in socialism. It's not just the part. Where's this coming from? The occult. And listen, this is at least this person was honest. This self-declared witch is just honest about that. So the witches admit that's where this is coming from, right? They admit this. It's now determining the direction of the Democrat Party. I'll give you one more we're going to close because this is the other latest agenda, not just with the racism and the statues and the burning down and all this stuff and the socialism, blah, 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 but what's the other big thing that's going on right now? The BLM, Black Lives Matter movement, okay? And guess what? Guess who is running that movement? Witches. BML leaders practice witchcraft and summon dead spirits. And one guy says... uh, He's calling on Christians right now who have allied, uh, allied themselves with the Black Lives Matter movement. You better rethink your decision. Now, you think that's a crazy, crazy statement to make. Well, here they are, the leaders of BLM admitting they're summoning spirits of their dead ancestors. They're involved in witchcraft, and that's what's driving that movement. Watch this.
3: Do witches run Black Lives Matter?
7: Um, and maybe I'm sharing too much, but we become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly, right? Like each of them seems to have a different presence and personality. You know, I laugh a lot with Wakisha, you know, and I didn't meet her in her body, right? Yeah. I met her through this work. It's it's a it's a very important practice. Um, hashtags are for us are way more than a hashtag. It is um, literally almost resurrecting a spirit so they can work through us to get the work that we need to get done. I started to feel personally connected and responsible and accountable to them, um, both from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place and um, always you know and, and, and my tradition you offer things that that your loved one who passed away would want you know um, whether it's like honey or tobacco or things like that and that's it's so important not just for us to be in direct relationship to our people who've passed but also for them to re- know they we've remembered them Um, I I believe so many of them work
6: through us. Black Lives Matter uh, is ran by three witches who are lesbian witches. Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opa Tometi. She's of Nigerian descent. They are all three are part of the Black Boule secret society, and there are witches, there are warlocks in the entire spiritual dogma or doctrine of Black Lives Matter, is from the West African religion called Odu capital Ifa, capital O D U, then spacing capital I F A. But over 3,000 different religions in Africa, or Akibalon, is rooted in witchcraft and divination
0: and now they've merged with the Democrat Party and when you take a look at all the other things the Democrat Party has merged with it's just a natural slide because it's indoctrinated now in the occult it's crazy and that's why one guy says this how can you reconcile this with what the word of God says quote we have got to evaluate everything through the word of God as Christians so let me translate that statement for you And I'll just be blunt. Now knowing what you know, and you claim to be a Christian, and you continue to vote for the Democrat Party, I don't care who, you're going to stand accountable to God. Because really what you're doing now, they've been infiltrated. They're not like the Democrat Party of old. They've been infiltrated with the occult. And so you're putting a vote to having the occult take over the United States of America. And you think God's gonna bless it? Did he bless Babylon when that happened to them? No. So you might want to think twice if that's you, because you still hear so-called Christian. I'm gonna vote Democrat anyway, I'm vote. Wow. Lord willing next time we're gonna take the next guy who took it even further. This is Alex Sanders. And of course he founded a strain of Wicca called Alexandrian Wicca okay and he was catapulted in uh, fame uh, as a witch uh, because he wrote an autobiography so he's using books but guess what here's a big breakthrough it goes to film so now you're having movies okay it was called the legend of the witches uh, began to promote that also around this time before this Hollywood ceased with their Christian influence to determine movies and their ratings and their scripts Remember back in the day when Hollywood, believe it or not, had to submit to a religious authority all their scripts? This is why you had shows back in the day where people did not kiss longer than four seconds. That's why when they showed a husband and wife bedroom scene, it was two beds, remember that? Hollywood, I don't don't know why that happened. I think it was a spiritual thing, personally. But they stopped doing that, and then it opened the door to start using the movies to now, not just books, not just magazines, movies to promote witchcraft, and the occult, and uh, to the point where this guy was called the king of witches. But Lord willing, we'll get to that next time. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments.
1: God bless.